0: We are not telling Blake and Verbs what we're talking about. Hey, everybody, I've started the show. It's happening. We're just running with it. They didn't even know the show was starting. Blake's eyes lit up. This is it. We have a special guest, Blake and Verbs. You need to be on your best
1: behavior. Because I'm definitely not.
0: Now, here's uh, – haven't introduced you yet, but I do need to say I don't remember how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> uh,
2: I'll
1: give you 100 bucks if you can.
0: Okay. Ken. He's on a roll. Frary. No, not even close. (laughs) I thought it'd be a trick. Does anyone else want to take a stab? He hasn't offered you $100, but anyone else want to take a shot at this?
1: Freeire. Free. Free. How about you, Mr. Riverside Angel Investor?
3: (laughs) Uh, how much money are we talking here? Uh, uh, I'll take Nick's, Nick's a hundred. I'll take, I'll take, um, uh, I'll take Fryer for ooh, a thousand. Ooh.
1: Yeah, no, it's Freire. You got to roll both the R's. Okay. Well. Okay. Wait, what is the What is the origin of that of your last name? Uh, Portuguese or French? We're not sure. It's one of those. Both of them roll it. Well, Ken is here to talk to us
0: about. What? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, no.
4: I'm just, just kidding. will
0: we'll th- <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was not run into the theme, actually. Uh, what are we talking about <laughs> today? Real quick, and then we'll hit the theme. Uh We
1: are talking about how purpose fuels productivity.
0: This was specifically mm. chosen because it felt like an opportunity for some scuba time with Blake. Could be wrong. No pressure.
3: Blub, blub. Let's do it.
4: Welcome to another episode
2: of Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs here with Blake Stratton and introducing Ken Freire.
1: Yeah, I love it, bro. You nailed it.
2: I hit it. Happy Monday to all gentlemen. Oh, and then we got nick here too that's why we give him the mic the MC.
0: oh i'm here too uh and i want everyone to know that this recording started on time without a hitch and um we're not at all pressed for time anymore yeah (laughs) 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 all right well ken uh welcome to the show what do people need to know about you
1: uh well yeah i currently work at full focus i am the director of certification here and uh, I've been working in nonprofit leadership for 10 years and in the co- online coaching space for about the last year and a half. So it's been exciting and love to talk about uh, the topic we're discussing, and it's just how purpose fuels productivity. Been helping hundreds of men and women find their purpose over the last 15 years. And so I'm excited to be on the show today.
0: What's number one here? What are we, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, I guess one, the reason why I love talking about this topic is because uh there's a lot of people who talk about productivity and they always want to get efficient, right? They always want to get a lot of things done. But why? Why do people want to be productive? And the more and more I started asking that question, I realized that a lot of people just wanted to get save some more time at work, save some time at home, do all these different things. But at the end of the day, there was no driving purpose to their productivity, right? So then when I started to like peel the layers back and realize Hey, whenever you can stop everything and bring all of your productivity to one main purpose, whatever that is for your life, you actually excel in productivity 10 times more than just saying, oh, hey, I'm trying to get this project done uh, in an hour less or two hours less. Right. I found that pr- purpose drove me to be more productive. Whereas if I didn't have a purpose for life, it was just kind of like, ah, I'll get it done whenever I want, or ah, maybe I'll do this. And procrastination kicks in and laziness kicks in, right? Or you just like don't want to do something. Nick is like, that's me. I'm purposeless. So that's where I started to recognize that how much purpose really fueled my productivity.
3: I think of purpose as a little bit further down the chain to what we see in the week to week use of the Full Focus Planner. So there's a good chance people listening to this have tried the Full Focus Planner or at least heard us talk about it. You have your daily big three, which is made easier when you have a weekly big three because you have a sense of, well, what's important this week? Well, now it's easier to select my daily big three. And the weekly big three is made clearer or easier or we have more motivation for it if we have a quarterly big three or quarterly goals or annual goals. And that's this chain, I think, that is really helpful. It brings purpose to your days. What's interesting is if we want to tease that out even more, you know, where where are we drawing our goals from? What's driving those decisions? That's an interesting conversation, an interesting exercise that I think can add even more uh, energy, I guess, downstream, I'm mixing metaphors here, but <laughs> downstream to those weekly and, and daily objectives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I think I, I love seeing that where it's like daily, weekly, quarterly, annually, right? And then annually, it's like 10 years from now, or just like, mm-hmm. what's your life vision? Like, what's your life purpose, right? Because mm-hmm. it all trickles down. And I have found myself, you mm-hmm. know, I think I'm thinking about when I was like 19, 20 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, right? Uh, I figured it out two weeks ago. Uh, so now I'm an expert and I can share it here. <laughs>
3: I know, it's so great. And, and you can, yeah, you can get a drink when you go to a bar <laughs> now, but being 21 <laughs> is awesome. Fantastic, right? Uh, <laughs> great cars, which, yeah.
1: <laughs> I just remember feeling so lost and not knowing what to do. And I was like, I just remember working really hard. because. I, I learned a good work ethic, and I was trying to do a lot of things, and I f- I felt like I did a lot, but I, I still wasn't sure. I was like, am I doing the right things? Am I actually accomplishing something impactful? And I just didn't know until finally I realized what I was uniquely called to do on this earth and how to create an impact. And when I started to do that and tie everything that I did, as much as possible, as sometimes you couldn't, right? Uh, But I tried to tie everything back in. There was a shift in my heart and in my mind that I wanted to actually work more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to become more productive. And I started to try to look for tools. And that's actually how I ended up finding Michael Hyatt way back when, you know, 10 years ago when he started doing stuff. So it sounds like, uh, Ken,
2: so we're talking about kind of that doer uh, work ethic versus the beer work ethic. And I think what you just mentioned is Mm -hmm. there became a moment where you locked into where you felt like, hey, I feel like this is my calling. This is my purpose. And then that helped navigate everything from there. And people who are listening now may be on that road to really figuring out what that is. Or I know some of us thought we knew what that looked like. Maybe it looked a little bit different than we initially thought. But the core of really what drives us um or what we feel called to in that purpose may be the same, though it looks different in different seasons of life. But question for you is what what did that process look like to where you were able to kind of capture capture the calling, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I started asking myself several questions and I, I had a, a mentor coach, you know, at the time who was helping me process this stuff. So it was really useful. Uh, but there was four questions that I remember that that really stuck home to me. The first one was like, what are the things that I'm just passionate about? And I remember my coach just made me list down everything that I, I'm passionate about from like the minuscule things. Like, oh, I'm passionate about pizza. I love pizza. I'm born and raised in New York City, right? That diehard pizza fan, right? Uh, and that's the best pizza in the whole entire world. You can't change that. Wait, 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 wait. Now you have a Chicago a Chicago land. Chicago
2: in. No, actually, you have two, right, Nick? No, I lived there for a while, but but okay,
3: I'm yeah. There's no anyway, context. More, so the pizza battle yet. <laughs> no, no. You 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 feel the need to continue to reemphasize that, and so that that's always a sign of confidence. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Blake doesn't want to get into it, so it's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I just wrote everything, you know, from, from the smallest things to the biggest things that I'm really passionate about. Uh, but then, you know, it w- sometimes the things that we're passionate about can be a little selfish, right? Yeah. So the next question that I remember him asking me was just like, what are, what's a problem in the world that I would want to solve? If I could spend the rest of my day just solving this one problem, what would it be? And that question actually took me on a very long journey. Of trying to figure out, well, why do I want this problem, solve this problem? And I, the more and more I dug into it, the more I realized that like I have a singular focus of what I want to do and how I want to help society, right? Uh, and then the other two questions that I remember was like, what am I willing to do for free? And the reason I asked this question is like, what are you willing to do for free? Is because sometimes when we mon- try to monetize our purpose, we can muddy mm-hmm. the waters. I wanted to figure out the purest thing of like what drives me to wake me up early in the morning, no matter what the, the cause is or what, whatever the situation is. So there were times that I was waking up at five or four o'clock in the morning. Why? Because I loved what I was doing. Not because I love waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning. I hate waking up that early. I am a natural night owl, right? I wake up early now because of kids, but that's the only reason. If I could sleep in, I would. <laughs> uh, but once I did those things, right, the final question I remember him asking me was like, what am I naturally just good at, like what comes natural to me. And the more I was able to take those kind of four things and find a like, you know, if I was using a diagram of some sorts, uh, the center of it, the more I realized like, this is my purpose. This is what I'm called to do. And I'm just going to try to do that as long as I live.
3: A question I hear often when I'm working with coaching clients is they either are struggling to figure out, hey, what's my purpose, capital P, or what's my purpose in this season. And I think many of them, if we get to that place where, hey, I've answered some of these questions, I feel like I maybe have a, a sense of identity or a sense of purpose connected to that identity, but I feel disconnected or maybe I've had a picture in my mind of how this purpose has to look in terms of its outworking. But today I'm in this job or today I'm stuck in this project, or today I don't, I feel I don't have what I need to execute X, Y, and Z, dream that I've connected to this purpose, or I feel like my purpose is, you know, dialed down to a three out of 10. And of course, there's times perhaps where you cut ties with certain things, you know, when you're out of alignment, you know, whether it be at work or a social circle or something like that. But I'd be curious, Ken, for you, uh, or and even, Nick and verbs you to weigh in is what has the process looked like for you in terms of connecting the dots between here's my present day circumstance. And here's this deeper purpose that I feel is the driving force for getting up early and and doing my day.
1: Uh, That's a fantastic question, which I get a lot when people ask me, you know, they're working a nine to five and they're like, I don't like this job or I don't, I don't like this project that I'm working on. How do I, drive it back to my purpose. Mm-hmm. I always ask myself this one question, what skill set do I need to grow or learn in order to get to my purpose? So I'm a I'm a natural learner, I like to learn new things, but so I'm always asking like what's that skill set? And the more I could find that skill set in within that project that I'm doing, the more I can I can bring it back to it. Uh so if I'm like I, I'll give you an example, I am not uh strong at finances that's not my strong suit. I've had to do it in previous roles. you know I was a CEO at, at some point like I've had to do those kind of things and I've gotten good at it. but it wasn't uh, something I was passionate about until I realized one time I was like, if I ever want to own my own business, if I ever want to make the impact that I want to make, I got to learn finances. Like I had to figure out how to get this thing exciting for me. All right. So that's what I just had to mm-hmm. do. I was like, I had to remind myself versus just looking at numbers. I'm like, Ooh, great. You know, we had, we're, we're, we're positive cash flow or negative cash flow. Now it's like, no, no, no. I learned this skill set so that I can have a greater impact over here. That's the only reason I learned it. Uh, and now I'm actually pretty decent at it. So that's one of the things that I do, but I love to hear what verbs Nick or, or Blake, even yourself would do.
2: Yeah. I mean, I pretty much echo what Ken had just said. I think for me, the way it's played out is I feel like I'm a cultivator. So whatever environment that I go into, um, the main thing I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure out is what can I bring to the table, um, to make whatever I'm stepping into better, or how can we bring this thing? How can we level up on whatever the project is as a team, but what can I specifically offer to help, um, bring it up a notch? And so if that means again, like what Kim uh, just said, if, if I have to go develop some other skill, um, that I currently don't have in my skill set, then I need to commit to doing that because of the end result of being able to step out of said thing, project, um, job relationship, what ha- whatever, um, feeling like that something has grown and it just didn't stay stagnant. And so yeah. and for me as a cultivator, feeling like that's part of my, my my purpose, then I'm always trying to lock into that. So I don't, so the, the thing I'm working in doesn't get monotonous or I don't get bored in the thing or frustrated. Cause I have to always remember I'm here, to take it wherever it could go.
1: Yeah. And I love that verbs. Cause you know, you talked about that, that fourth question, like, what are you naturally good at? You're naturally like, you're good at cultivating. You're like good at like growing these things. And that's what it's all about. Right. Uh, looking at those things, I, a couple other ways that I also like to look at this is if you look at purpose in two layers, right? Like purpose within life, right? Like what's your life purpose. And then what's like just purpose within a project or work, Lots of times we get projects given to us if if you're not the boss, right? Or if you're not the CEO and you're an employee somewhere, you're given a project and within that project, you're like, why are we doing this? And it's incumbent upon you as a leader to always answer these two questions for your employees and or if you're doing a project, it's what are we trying to accomplish and why are we trying to accomplish this? Like I just make sure that I answer those two questions to drive that purpose home because if people don't have that, then all of a sudden they are like, this project is dumb, right? And lots of times, people have been given projects for busy work, and not for purposeful work. And it drives me nuts.
2: Nick, what about what about you? I'd be interested to hear when it comes to purpose, seasons of life. How do you tend to to think through all of that?
0: So, you know, verbs. It's interesting that, like, you asked this question because it's actually kind of what I was going to ask everybody. Ken, I don't know specifically every beat of your biography, but I do know uh, Verbs, and I do know Blake's. All of us have backgrounds in music in some way, spent a lot of time doing music and loving music. And I remember there was a period of time where I was a music teacher, and I was like, kind of a a a vocal online person about the state of music education. And I would go present at conferences and I had like this little thing happening and a really specific niche about updating our music curricula to match with the times and to attract students. And then when I was like, I'm not teaching anymore, I was on, you know, I, I, my old Twitter handle was had the word music in it. And I remember I changed over to doing podcasting and, uh, I really like resisted changing the name of my Twitter handle for so long because it was like, well, what am I? I knew I was going to be this for so long and to see myself in a different space was so, so hard. I mean, I, I wasted years, like literal years fighting against, uh, the life that I felt like I was built for and the life that is best for me, two different things. I mean, hopefully they're aligned. Yeah. But it really was going like, why am I so miserable? What is this? And I just remember like I ch- like changing over from, you know, Jaworski music to Podcast Monster was like – I, like, I was like a thing. It was like an event for me, like emotionally draining. <laughs> and so I don't know if that answers your question, Verbs, but I am curious for everybody, especially our the musicians here, to go, how do we – you know, I'm not saying none of us still do music, but we got do other stuff too. We got these kids. We're doing all those things. How – what was that like for you to go, here's the thing I love, here's the thing I'm passionate about, uh,
3: I can do something else as well? I think everyone at a certain point in their life, it could be when you're 20, it could be when you're 40 or when you're 65, you come to this point of, can I exist outside of what I do? And is my identity enough that I could be fluid or change what i do or and and of course most of us would mentally assent to oh of course i'm more than what i do but that's not actually how we behave or orient our lives yeah. uh we could even stay in work that we don't like because we don't want to have the vacuum of i don't really know how i'm supposed to exist without this job or without working it's why there's this interesting tension uh, we all I, I think in different ways uh interface a lot with business owners or our business owners i talk with a lot of business owners who want work-life balance or they want time freedom but they actually continue to refuse times of rest Mm -hmm. and it's driven by when we come when we scuba dive together it's driven by well i actually don't know who i am outside of working Mm -hmm. or outside of doing this thing so i think that is one of life's most amazing journeys. I mean, we're talking about purpose. That's something I have this document that I review that kind of goes essentially from, you know, we talk about how the full focus planner has like tasks, objectives, goals, kind of that chain. This sort of takes that chain, you know, up to 30,000 feet sort of where I'm, I'm starting with identity into values, into uh, personal mission, into vision uh, and those types of things. And so, When I review that, it's this reminder of like, okay, here's really who I am. And that is always gonna be true. And then I'm trickling down all the way down into, okay, but here's what daily life looks like. And I think that is, I mean, that's incredibly powerful because that's where you can tap into freedom. You can tap into creativity. You can overcome disappointment a lot More quickly, a lot more effectively, I think it adds some resilience because I've had plenty of huge disappointments or seasons where it's like, oh, this is, this is bad that this is happening because this is taking me off the track I'm supposed to be on or that I wanted to be on. And the reality is when you have a a grip on those bigger things, the driving purpose or identity, uh, you can hold the how or the unfolding of how your life looks, or the what that you're even, you can hold it a little more loosely. And it's, it's been really helpful for my mental and physical health, actually, uh, to kind of go through that journey. Yeah.
1: And, you know, Blake, I love that, because the identity is the who you are, right? And the way, the way I see purpose is how you're going to flesh that out, right? And how, mm-hmm. and the beauty of it is that as you grow as a person, this may start to tra- transform a little bit. Right, as you grow and you progress, things are going to change. I remember when I was 25, yeah. I really wanted to help young college students, right? Like, or people right out of high school going into college. And now that I'm 36 with four kids, it's like, oh man, I'm really passionate about young men who are who are married, right? But if you look at the mm-hmm. causal thread of it all, and this is why I love to look at everybody's history, I always had a passion for helping men grow and become what they could be, right? Whether it's a 19-year-old, whether it's a 22-year-old, 25, 29, you know, it's just a different form. But that's who I am and my purpose is still there. It just might look different. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's where we have to come to grips with. As we change, so will part of our purpose change a little bit.
3: This conversation, it reminds me of this story that Steve Jobs tells, or he told, I should say, in in that Stanford commencement address where he talks about auditing classes uh, at Reed College and how he, you know, their college was known for being one of the best calligraphy centers, essentially, in terms of education in the nation. And so he audited a calligraphy class and he learned about serif and sans serif and it was all just based on fascination it had nothing to do with his his perceived purpose or mission as it regard as it related to technology it was just i feel fascinated by this today i'm gonna just do this and he credits that to when they were making the first mac the rev huge revolution was just having actual typeface that was beautiful and that changed personal computing and there's a quote i had to look it up this is not from memory but this quote i think is really interesting it applies a lot to this conversation of fleshing out your purpose in a season where maybe it feels disconnected he says you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backwards so you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future you have to trust in something your gut destiny life karma whatever this approach has never let me down and it has made all the difference in my life i think that's huge for especially if you're listening and you're like oh yeah i, I like this conversation but I also i feel sad because right now i'm listening to this podcast driving somewhere <laughs> that i don't want to drive mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and you don't know if you're taking you know why you're taking the calligraphy class right now perhaps or why you're in this role you may not have that awareness, but I I would tend to, and I'm not saying you have to agree with this in order for life to work out for you, but like for me, that's huge. If I have this expectation that dots are connecting right now, even if I can't understand why, feels like that adds momentum to me more enjoyably stepping into purpose. I like to
1: think about it too, this way. Sometimes that sidestep may not be a skill set you need to grow in, but a character trait that you need to grow in, right? So absolutely. Yeah. And with that, you know, I I'm always asking that question, like, is there something in me that I need to, to level up? And, and the other thing that I would say too is, man, whenever you're in that place, I would say, go find a coach, go find someone who can help you because sometimes you just can't see what you can't see. And you need someone to just start Mm -hmm. asking you Mm -hmm. questions and help you see the thread. Like, Hey, do you see how all this stuff connects together? Because when you start to, when someone starts to show you that you're like, Oh my gosh, my life is totally not messed up. I'm going somewhere. It doesn't look like a nice little you know incline it's a it's a roller coaster, but you're getting up to the top
0: if for anyone who's who needs to visualize things and maybe you all can tell me if this is not the way to think about it. but I'm thinking of what Blake has said is like when you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever i for me, it's Radio Shack back when that was a thing, and sometimes you'd go. And I would just, and I have a 14 year old and I'll, I'll make him come with me. And I'm going we'll to go, or go to Best Buy still go to Best Buy and just look around and you're looking around and sometimes he's like, what do we do? Like what? And I'm like, I don't know when I'll want to know that this is here. Right. I don't know.
3: <laughs> like I,
0: Right. you know what I'm saying? Like that, there's a thing. And then one day I'm going to go, oh yes, I need that HDMI splitter or whatever. I know it exists. I know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like that. It's like. I don't want someone to tell me where the item is at the Home Depot. I don't want someone to tell me. I want to go find it because along the way, I'm going to see a bunch of other stuff.
1: Nick, that Mm -hmm. is a great story. I I just have to tell you, though, there's this new thing called Amazon. Nope.
2: (laughs) I feel like just going back to that word freedom, I think a lot of times when there's a resistance to a a change in a season of life, um, then there's that frustration that comes about it because then we feel like we're, we're, we're stuck in a current job situation because there's nothing in it that we can find that's going to be helpful for where we would want to go. Um, and I, I will say for me, it's, um, I know this for a fact that I feel like God will never waste an experience or a process or a season of life that I'm going through, or have gone through that won't apply to something that I'm going into. And so all of it is, it's in a cache, it's in a file. And it could be pulled at any time to reference into where I'm going forward into life and none of it gets wasted. So whether it's pain, whether it's hurt, whether it's victory, whether it's success, it's all applicable for where we're going forward. And I think um, and I'm I'm sure this is the case for most people listening. They're committed to growth at some level. And when we're willing to kind of pull back the lens um, what Blake mentioned and this look at the thread, look at the process of where we're at. We're going to be able to identify a core thread throughout our lives that we actually enjoy doing, even though it's going to look different in a different season of life, in a different job, in a different relationship. But or but and if we're committed to growth, then there's going to be something that we can see in there that we can take forward, even if it's a character um situation that needs developed or a relational thing that needs developed. So it's all applicable at the end of the day. And I think the more we kind of zoom out, we can connect the dots and then have a little bit more clarity on what our calling or our purpose actually looks like. But gentlemen, this has been a very purposeful conversation. Uh, I'm curious if, nice. if either one of you have, or if any of us might have some final thoughts, Blake, it looks like, you have a final thought brewing came from the scuba levels and now you're, you're back to the surface
3: <laughs> yeah for a final thought let's take this conversation and make it practical the practical outworking of committed to growth has looked like for me and i would imagine a lot of the people listening consistently and i know that we t- <laughs> this is like a full focus box full focus podcast but consistently doing a weekly review of some kind yeah you know, there's a weekly preview sort of formalized process but what I'm talking about is if it's daily or if it's once a week externalizing what you're thinking what you're noticing what you're seeing just that journaling practice that reviewing practice I think is, is one of the biggest uh, forces of growth that you can build into a habit mm. like the conversation of purpose I I don't know what your experience was but I I didn't if I've ever set aside a day hey I'm gonna go deep and figure out my purpose today it's almost like yikes that's a, that's a lot of pressure I don't know if I trust myself but incrementally journaling or noticing here's what I'm feeling here's what I'm noticing here's what I'm passionate about here's what I liked about today here's what worked for me this week here's what that like on and on and on then when over time you can really get in touch with your own self and start to see some of those dots connecting so if there's a practical you know i don't don't know how much longer we have to, to to chat about this topic but if there is if there was one practical tip i would encourage you listening if you're not already taking a little bit of time today or a little bit of time this weekend to just get your thoughts or your observations out on paper or in a digital journal please do that because you will only over the course of time come into greater and greater connection with your purpose. Yeah. And to add to that practicality, you know,
1: the more and more I find doing that weekly or monthly, however, however often you can sit down and actually discover who you are and what you're, you're called to do, right? Like you just said, Blake, and then also start looking at what stuff at work am I liking and not liking to do? Like just just processing your emotions almost, right? If we can say that, right? Just processing like, man, I really love this. I did not like do this. And then asking the the one step question like, why? Why didn't you like this? What was it about it, right? Like someone might be like, oh, I hate spreadsheets. Well, why do you hate spreadsheets? Like what what was it about it that you hated, right? Because now you're discovering a little bit more of who you are. And I used to do this a lot with young adults. I was I, I did I worked at a higher ed for a while, right? And a lot of time they're like, "I don't know why I'm like, okay, let's sit down. Let's figure it out. Let's process." And then when I when I covered it, they were like, "Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that that just bothered me so, so much, right? Whatever it could be. So the more you could actually reflect, right? And I you know, in our our planner, there's a time of reflection and you actually weekly reflect on that, the better off you will be and you'll start to see that that growth. And you'll start to see how purpose starts to fuel that productivity.
2: Ken, I need to book some time with you because I I hate spreadsheets. (laughs) Perfect.
0: That's, That's the takeaway from today's episode
2: is learn to love spreadsheets. So thank you for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So share it with your friends. And don't forget to join the Full Focus Planner community right there on
3: Facebook. And we'll be back next Monday with another great episode. But until then, stay stay focused.
0: focused. <laughs> Perfect. I'll be like, stay focused.
2: <laughs>
4: stay, focused.
2: <laughs> stay focused. Ooh. All right. Took it up active on the last part. That's great.
4: This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next ten years. You can start today at fullfocus.co/slash-lifefocus.